Thanks for tuning in to 210 Local Music Podcast. You're listening to episode number 19. 210 Local Music. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash 210localmusic. There are over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This is Mario Zamron, and this week you're going to hear a lot of familiar voices if you've listened to podcast episode 6. If you haven't, go check out www.210localmusic.com slash 6 and hear my interview with Funnelux. Then listen to this week's podcast. Go ahead. I'll wait. Hey, this is Buddy with Phonolux, and you're listening to 210 Local Music Podcast. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Machina Cinema is our guest this week, and is comprised of Buddy Calvo, Dave Novak, and Miguel Romero, all from Phonolux, as well as producer Perla Rivera. This is Dave from Phonolux. You're listening to 210 Local Music Podcast. So just, just the same as the last interview, I start off with who are you and what do you do? We'll start with Buddy. <laughs> uh, my name is Buddy Cowell, and I'm the director for Machina Cinema. I'm Perla Rivera, and I'm the producer for Machina Cinema. I'm Miguel Romero, and I do uh, audio production for Machina Cinema. I'm Dave Novak, and I've been cinematographer and assistant director for Machina Cinema Projects. Awesome. So what exactly is Machina Cinema? We'll start with that. Minimal Rocky is just all over me. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> what is machine cinema? Like the uh, origin of the name? Let's start with that. Let's start with that. Um, if I pitch you, if I pitch you Rocky, will you just? There we go. That's good. It has, just don't uh, French kiss me. It has nothing to do with, um, I think machine to cinema means a movie machine. Is that what machine means? In Spanish? Or is that even not even a Machina? word? Machina? Yeah. That means machine, right? Yeah, it's spelled differently, but yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. And cinema, does that mean movie movies? So movie machine, I guess that's what it would mean. Um, uh, it, it's derived from a silly term. My sister's nickname, or they used to call her when she was really little, Nashina, for whatever reason, I have no idea. <laughs> and I remember that name, and... It just kind of stuck. That's it. I mean, when you put it together, it sounds real clever, like we thought of that movie machine, but we never thought of it. Yeah. After we put it together, thought of that name, um, you know, like we told people, you know, oh yeah, that's what it means, movie machine, but that wasn't where it came from. <laughs> now, we used to do films under uh, this banner called Three Creams Productions, which uh, we thought just started sounding silly, or I guess it's always sounded silly. And people would always look at us weird when we said that, like it was for adult videos. <laughs> uh, yeah, which I it, get that. Which it wasn't at all. Um, so yeah, uh, that's that's where it came from, a nickname that my sister had, and, uh, and it stuck. We, we like it, we think it's cool. Yeah, it definitely is, it's definitely catchy. So um, that's it. So how did the idea for the whole thing start, though? Aside from the name, now let's start with the genesis of Machina Cinema. I see Machina Cinema presents Three Creams. Yeah, production. you see that? Yeah. yeah. And we even had one for a while called uh, Subterranean Pictures. All those names are popular, yeah. by the way. Yeah. 
we ever bring anyone back. But we were gonna start. With, I mean, we, I thought the I thought the process was so easy. So Subterranean Pictures was gonna be our documentary, mm-hmm. our documentary branch filming. But we've had a hard enough time trying to make a, a regular branch. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, well, yeah. no big, no big uh, idea. I just I, I was in theater in high school, and I um, uh, went to college for business. And uh, one day, somewhere I don't remember where or how, I got a uh, a copy of The Rebel Without a Crew, mm. uh, Rodriguez book. Yeah, and I uh, said I wanted to make movies. Um, I, th- I think after reading that book, everybody wanted to make movies. Yeah. You know, you hear the guys from here in San Antonio and what have you. And he went to a high school that I went to for a little bit called St. Anthony's. Mm, yeah. And uh, that was it. Um, I don't remember flash forward a little bit. And, and I got really into the show Entourage. I don't know if that was before or after. Perla, after. Perla knows the answer to all this. after. So after. Um, so. I met Perla. Uh, I had my friend Joe. No, I met, uh, me and Perla started talking first. And uh, she came in and she made everything happen. Uh-huh. Uh, it's all outdated now, but she jump started with all the equipment. I didn't have a computer. I didn't have a camera. I wasn't very versed on the camera at all. Um, I didn't know how to edit or anything like that. And Bella basically funded the idea. That's all she could be like behind the scenes apartment. Right. Well, no, I didn't want to be part of it. I said. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That came along a lot later. Later, yeah. He he started talking about it, talking about it, talking about it, and I said, okay, well, I have this credit card, so let's go get this stuff, because you keep saying one, too, so here you go. Yeah. Go do it. And then their first short was Wanderlust, mm-hmm. and that thing... No, we shot, we shot a little movie. Oh, well, we shot this feature. Okay, that, there we go. We shot a feature film that did not ever happen. It was had Girl and Home in it. Yeah, it was, Girl and Home was in the movie. <laughs> oh, wow. It had a lot of huge, ridiculous cast. And I said, I don't really want to do anything. I'll come bring lunch a couple days, whatever, no big deal. You yeah. Go make your movie. And uh, it turned into this crazy debacle and nothing ever happened. And then I said, well, damn, I just spent a lot mm. of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, promise her, I promise her millions in return. Yes. <laughs> no, he promised you would make my credit card payment. Oh, <laughs> we skipped over something. Before we made that movie, my friend Joe came on board because he was on there. Oh, yeah. He So Buddy said, oh, you can help. And I said, I don't really want to. He's like, I'm going to talk to my friend because, you know, I think he can help. So we were there one night. Joe came over after work. We had this long meeting about it. And then Buddy and Joe made it. And my name was just kind of on there as, like, helping out the producer because I bought everything. But... Um, Which is what producers kind of yeah, do. Yeah, kind of. So, I mean, that, that works. Exactly. So, um, him and Joe, and I helped a little, but I didn't, I didn't want to be involved. And then it didn't work out as well. And then I said, well, crap, I, I guess I better throw myself in here because yeah. that didn't work out at all, guys. And it did. There's, there's something there, but it's nothing viable. <laughs> well, at the very least, I think... Even from stuff that doesn't work out, you still you learn so much yeah. more when stuff doesn't work than when you oh that was perfect. And that I didn't learn anything. Buddy's learning experience that he could not write, direct, and film. Mm. So the next project, Wonderless, he had somebody else film, and he just directed. Um, yeah. And then that was it. That's how we really got the ball rolling on everything. Yeah. And I got way more involved after that. And, um, 
cool. So when did these guys get to, to join up? Because that had started before, I assume. Yeah, that Yeah, was... we started, we started uh, the very first little thing that didn't happen uh, was a pool feature. It never got finished or anything. It was horrible. We didn't know anything about lighting or sound or anything. It just seemed so... It's the worst thing I've ever seen anybody try to do. Um, and you learned so much from it. Yes and no. I mean, I still didn't know how to do it right. I just knew how to do it wrong. I knew exactly how not well, to do it. Well, that's good because there's a billion ways on how to do it wrong. And you yeah, knocked one out. I think we hit every one of them. <laughs> I think the first so, project that I was did at all, first project I did with you was the, uh, the trailer contest for the... Uh, oh, that's right. What? Oh, the, what is that, Robert Rodriguez, uh, Tarantino, Grindhouse. The Grindhouse, Grindhouse trailer. The thing we did with here? Patrick, yeah. And Patrick's Patrick and Andy and everything. With and Viviana Chan and no, Joe. Oh, that was Garage. something else. That was, that was, that was even something else. That's even another one. That was the first thing I Yeah, it was a short that film. That was a short film. Okay. That was a so we did, we did that first big one. It didn't work out. We did Wonderless, and, and I brought in a couple more people to help me out. Um, then we did... I think we did those next. We we we, so Phonolux started. The band started, mm-hmm. and um, Dave had an interest in it. First, Dave came on, and Dave I had an interest in it. Did you have a sound guy? And I said no. I didn't even know we needed a sound guy. Or, <laughs> I'm sure we had like a mic plugged in, maybe to the camera or something, but we didn't have anybody. Certainly, no one that knew what they were doing with sound. Right. And my background was music recording, but I felt like I had something to offer and try to try it out no matter what. Mm-hmm. And it worked out. I seemed to know what I was doing. That's good. <laughs> That's definitely good. Levels aren't clipping. Sounds clear. Okay. <laughs> so Dave started out there, and then the next project we did that started and finished was Jacob. And Miguel started with us on Jacob. Miguel was on screen. He was on screen on Jacob, and okay. I really remember Miguel filming one night. He on the was roofs. doing lighting. Yeah, him and Art were doing lighting one night. Yeah. On the roof. That yeah, night. he was off the light. And he was filming too. We were filming because I was walking back and forth, and he kept saying, "Stop walking, you're shaking me." Yeah. And Miguel was laying down, and we had this little <laughs> Canon G2 camera that's that we got right. from somebody. I don't know where. So that's that that project project Jacob is when Miguel came on. And again, it's from Paul Lewis. You know, you're practicing together, hanging out. It's like, hey, what are you guys going to do? Oh, we got to work on this short film. We're going to, hey, you know that. Yeah. So you yeah. got a pretty significant part in the film, too. Wow. Yeah, he yeah, he did. That's why we got only six one. characters. I mean, come on. Like I said, that's pretty significant. And I, yeah, I remember you saying you wanted to act. You always just say you wanted to act. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're also, you're, you're a voice actor, right? You do voice? Yeah, you're on a voice of work. Did it start with that, or was it... Was it Jacob that really got you started in thinking about it? No, I mean, I was in theater uh, okay. in high school yeah. and middle school. I was a big theater geek. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, theater was definitely something that I'd already done in acting and things like that way before, I mean, other than the band. I mean, you were in theater too, right? Yeah, I was a stage manager in theater. I wasn't really into oh. the acting stuff. Yeah. But I ran the stage. See, yeah, I mentioned acting and crew, so... Oh, yeah. I mean, I really like both sides of it, but... Yeah, see, I did the acting, and I should have done the crew stuff. That's what I should have ended up doing. I should have just been behind the scenes. <laughs> well, I was really big in the film, so I would always try to take what I knew about movies and apply it to theater, even though that doesn't really work. Yeah. Uh, and I did try it out once, because they were doing the cuckoo's nest. Because it was oh, my nice. idea for us to do the one-act play, and do the cuckoo's nest. So I tried out for a part and totally bombed. Like, oh man! I just sucked. Should have been the Indian. Oh, That's why I tried out. Oh yeah, yeah. Because part. it's not. It's not like that in the play. In the play, the Indian oh. narrates the whole thing. 
So I had a whole monologue I had to, oh. I had to, I had to memorize and then I'm on Jeez. stage and I did it. And I didn't choke. I just wasn't any good. Okay. And then I all my... I figured he's part, but I didn't know he narrates it. It's senior year and everyone knows him. I've been there for three years and they're like, hey, why didn't you have this part? <laughs> and then it was kind of hard to go back after that and try to tell people, well, you do this, they're like, whatever, you can't act. So, uh, yeah, that's when I knew I had no business acting. <laughs> Sorry, the camera died acting, again. Though. Yeah? Right on cue. And you, it, yeah, I know. Oh, died? Remember, the, remember the last time we kept hearing that clicking? Yeah. Oh, wow. It died again. Even oh, with the right. Going, right? Yeah, everything else is still good. We're still good. One second, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> So if you're so good at acting, according to Perla, not according to you, why not try again? You'd be a pretty good actor. It's too much, uh, I got too much going on. Yeah? If I try to check on something else, I don't. Is that that same battle that you had in the beginning with trying to do writing, directing, and... Oh, maybe. I mean, I definitely couldn't direct anything I acted in. It's just too much. I think that we have, even us, as as a band, having our own lives and and having a band, and then doing films, and then not only doing Machina Cinema films, Machina Cinema films is a very small part of what, especially Dave and Miguel do. They do professional film work all over. Uh, I'm barely getting into that, doing a little bit here and there. But I mean, we try to take on, or if I try to take on another obstacle, I mean, another task would be no way. Yeah. Not enough hours in the day. That makes sense. I, I get that. I, I'm finding out that the podcast, it's almost like I'm my own band. If that makes yeah, any sense, like yeah, I have to handle well, my own yeah. social media, I have to handle all the yeah. recordings, my audio, I might make sure yeah, I'm not tripping. Yes. There you go. They're yes. Resume. They're the sure. Just one with man. like none of the <laughs> none of the talent. That's why we rely on <laughs> that's why we rely on the interviewees and the music to be the talent because I just I had the thought and I'm the only one that's wanting to do it. So, <clears throat> but but I get it completely. Like the stuff that I see people battle with, I'm like I'm battling with the same stuff, you know. So, yeah, I get that, trying to split yourself into, if we could only clone ourselves, right? Yeah. God, no. Hey, so you're talking about Jacob. Jacob was the first thing that you got some sort of uh, public notoriety for, right? Yeah, uh, we got, uh, we put Jacob out and, uh, well, not uh, Wanderlust, the very first little short we did, we entered into the San Antonio Film Festival. Um, mm-hmm. San Antonio Underground Film Festival? It was, it was still the Underground. Film Festival. Do you remember what year that was? No, uh, 2000. Is it, on, is it on the poster? Five, maybe. Yeah. Um, and uh, we were at the Aztec Theater, and that was kind of cool to show it out there and whatever. And um, uh, Jacob was the first time we got I think, written up in the paper and stuff. We nice. got up in like flat print side things and the current. We had a nice, pretty big spread in the current. We showed at the Alamo Draft House. Oh, nice. And uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. That's huge. Yeah, we had a screening there, and I think that was my first foray into public relations as a producer <laughs> to get media coverage and mm. anything about the film. And then after that, we got into the San Antonio Film Festival again and screened <laughs> at the festival as well as our own little private screening. So. Nice. And you're in, I know we're jumping ahead a bit, but you're, you guys are heading to Austin, right, for... That's for our latest film. That's uh, so the next film was Potter Kids, and then the next film was like I said, we're skipping ahead. We'll, we'll go back, <laughs> but but just to mention that right now. Yeah, we're, we're going to the South Texas. No, we're going to Corpus. Yeah. Oh, Corpus. Okay, gotcha. South Texas. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the South Texas underground. Okay. 
Gotcha. And were there, have there been any other film festivals that you guys have submitted to along the way or? Just San Antonio Film Festival and then that one and, but no, we've submitted others. We, we, we keep our rejection letters. We've got a stack of rejection letters. Good at wallpaper. <laughs> of uh, places we didn't get into. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's a bummer, but I mean, we, we, this is the first time, honestly, we could say honestly that we made something that we even considered sending out. So this oh, is the wow. fourth film into our production company. Mm-hmm. This is the first time we've made something that is worth, I think it's worth it then. It's not the same thing bad about what we've done before, but they just weren't up to par, they just weren't ready. But you submitted them It's mostly a matter of the, the production values not being up to snuff. Yeah, in, in, in Wonderless and in Jacob, the production values weren't, weren't there at all. Uh, we just didn't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, I had to, if I had to say though, I think sound's been pretty awesome with everything we do, mm-hmm. uh, except for Wonderless, but like Jacob, Power Kids especially, and Rosa Tower, it sounds perfect. The camera work is great, great in uh, Rosa Tower and, and in Powder Kids, but this is the first time everything clicked, like acting was good, mm-hmm. sound was good, almost all the acting was good, sound was good in a Rosa Tower. Yeah, um, and the story was good. Yeah. The, and it's just a learning process. Wonderless, Wonderless is probably one of my favorite stories. It's really cool, it's really simple, and if we took our production values and know-how that we have now and redid that story, I can totally see it working in like certain film festivals. Mm-hmm. Um, Jacob was just, I think, just something to do. Um, I think we could retool it if we wanted to. And the Powder Kids was um, atrocity. I mean, uh, just the shoot. Oh. We shot the Powder Kids for like a, for like a month or two months we on on it. It felt like months. years. I so we shot we shot <laughs> the film on weekends and pickups and stuff like that for another year of shooting. Wow. Calling people back, you know, oh, I can't do it this month, I can do it in six weeks, okay, cool, I'm gonna do it. You know, just scatter out. Yeah. So it always felt like you were working on this film called The Powder Kids, and then it doesn't help that I hyped the movie up to an obscene degree, and you know, I tell people it was the greatest thing, and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And we did some of the stuff I said we did, we did, but we didn't do it the way I said we did. We closed down some streets downtown, you know, it wasn't a big deal, and we made it to the biggest deal ever. Yeah. So then you have to deliver on that and we go yeah. to the cutting room to make a movie and you know, you're working with a lot of actors. I mean, nine out of ten of them are first time actors. Oh wow. The one actor that had been in anything else had only been like a supporting role with five lines and something else. Yeah. And it's just nuts. So you're trying to put that together and deliver on what you told people and you obviously can't. So we cut the movie, we had a screening. Uh, a couple screens we sold out, but it was family and friends and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, it was it was cool, but it's definitely. I mean, we've worked on stuff now that we look at the powder kids and we just cringe. Uh, yeah. Miguel's real proud of it, and so am I. Miguel did because I asked him, I asked him to do it, and I'm sure he'll never do it again without without charging an enormous amount of money. But Miguel did a 5.1 surround sound mix for the Powder Kids. Oh wow! And it was amazing. I mean, the sound was amazing. Uh, Miguel did our sound on a uh, uh, Rosa Cow. Oh, I don't date her too. Well, who did the final sound? He did everything. Right? Rosa Cow. And the sound sounds amazing. I mean, Miguel does a great job on it. Uh, and the Powder Kids sound sounded wonderful. But I mean, the it was just the acting, and that's not to fault the people that were in it. Mm-hmm. They were first-time actors. It's not right. like these people just didn't give me their best. They did give me their best. Yeah. But they hadn't been in a lot of stuff. And they have no nine out of ten of them as well have not acted since. Like, that, you know, that wasn't their passion. They were just trying it out, and yeah. the script was changing constantly. And you know, there were so many little obstacles that you throw at a seasoned actor. They might have a little stumbling to get through. 
Yeah. If you throw out a first-time actor, they're like, I can barely remember my lines. You're asking about my wardrobe. Yes, I cut my hair. We're supposed to shoot yesterday. Oh. The scenes are changing, and now we're about to shoot. I don't know what to say. I don't look like <laughs> yeah. a That's more of what it was. Gotcha. But uh, I say this all the time, and for anybody that worked on the Potter Kids, uh, I think most of the people can agree with me that if you... I, I say it all the time to people we work with that if you work with us on the Powder Kids it's like you went to film school yeah because how you were talking about well all that uh, the, the films you've made and learning process they were none more so than the Powder Kids yeah we worked on that film so long and so hard 8 hour days 10 hour days doing things even now if we said we're going to close down some streets downtown even knowing we did this before we'd say ah you better get this right you better call this person and do this right yeah. You know what I mean? It was this at certain time where we were able to do those things because we didn't know, mm-hmm. and uh, we gained a lot of experience. If nothing else, I gained tons of experience, and it made me feel like cool. I went to my film school. Yeah, I graduated from it. I know exactly what not to do and what to do. Yeah, and probably do you feel the same way? Was that a kind of a proving grounds for everybody all around, or? Yeah, it was. It was crazy, and I think everybody learned a lot. And I think just like that, a lot of people learn like. They don't want to be in films, and uh, David Miguel were actors, and yeah, David Miguel were in a scene. Together. They were in a scene in one of the film, and um, I think it taught me a lot as a producer to jump over hurdles and solve problem solve on set, and mm-hmm. things happen. We broke somebody's air conditioner. Oh my gosh! We, we, cars, we, we used we used a lot of people's houses that were in the crew and in like the cast even we used their houses and stuff as locations oh, yeah. we broke a light at one of the guys houses oh, uh, man. a light fixture that was Dave oh, that's <laughs> right I, I forgot house. about that we sort of and, then, and was, also yeah no, we bought that was a bus really? yeah. oh, okay. and wasn't we, there a hole punch at Felix's house or something yeah. like that. oh yeah you know, like, they came out the door we broke somebody's door we cashed in we used a lot of papers that night but um I think it also taught me a lot to, as a producer, to to know when to rein buddy in because there was a lot of stuff that was just like we didn't need that, and we filmed so much that when we put the movie together, I think it was like two hours long, maybe two and a half hours. No, it was two and a half hours. Two and a half, right? It was about two and a half hours when we filmed when we strung together all the scenes, and that time was like that's stupid. We don't need that. That's unnecessary. That was a waste of our time. We filmed in this gym that was like. In the middle of the summer, and it was like 150 degrees inside this big oh, mountain gym, and we were there for a good it's like an easy three, four hours. <laughs> yeah, well, we and we cut the whole thing. thing. It was completely useless. It was hilarious on its <laughs> own. It could be its own short, but it was like we wasted that day. I mean, yeah. it wasn't a waste of day necessarily because we had fun, but still, like it was, it was something we didn't need for the Power Kids. So, how was the writing for the, for the Power Kids? Was it? Was um, it written first, or was it written as? I will say, Buddy's first script in that movie was great. Phenomenal. If if a, if a big budget movie could have been made from that script, it would have blown doors been, off. Been done right there. Oh my god. Was it the retooling that eventually? Uh, no, we. I wrote a script that was really cool and dark and kind of simple, and the guy helping us fund it, um, rightfully so, said, "Hey, I'm gonna help you fund it. I'd like some input. I'd like to do this. I'd like to do that." And yeah. so it kind of ballooned out of control. And uh, the, the movie we shot in Maine was not the movie I wrote. Not at all. And it wasn't the movie I was trying to make. I was trying to make something seedy, something a little darker and cooler. Yeah. And this movie got just inflated. It was like an MTV version of what I wanted to make. Gotcha. And unless you had 
the right actors and a lot of money, you couldn't pull it off. Yeah. Um, so that's what happened. So yeah, the, the, I, I wrote it, um, and then I had to rewrite it, and rewrite it, and rewrite it, you know, a million times to appease the people I needed to appease. And so it just got watered down and, and got inflated with fluff. And so then we went over there and shot all that fluff, and it just turned into craziness. Yeah. Craziness. But uh, I appreciate it. I, I, I appreciate all the friends and connections we made with it. I'm sure Miguel can tell you and Dave can tell you them working on it. I'm sure that did a lot for them as well, like letting them know what they wanted to do and not do before. Dave, was yeah. that the first thing you ate it up? I don't, I don't even... I'm not sure that I technically AD'd it, but... A production manager, right? That's what you're... I was, I was thinking about it while you are talking about it, and what you are talking about, you know, it, it was all of our film school. That summer, more than anything, prepared me for working on films for, for the rest of my time. Um, I, I started doing sound for it. You, Miguel, you took over at some point. Um, I shot B camera. I mean, we were. I mean, you and Priscilla took over. You were um, doing a lot of the sound, and Priscilla was doing a lot of the sound. And then Dave started. The positions were so interchangeable. Yes. At one point, I was shooting B camera. Um, I was kind of the production manager at some point. I was on screen at some point. I edited most of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, did Foley recording. I kind of did like temporary voiceover recording. This, this sounds a little familiar. This did you go from drums to piano to <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's I think that's the issue with Jack of All Trades. I mean, you you are creative, so therefore you end up putting on a bunch of hats. I mean, that just happens. It was madness, man. It was it was pretty insane. All I know is Miguel did that sound. Yeah, Miguel did I'm, that not sure, sure. I'm not sure what the rest of us did. <laughs> That damn sound mix came together. It but, well, I think what I'm getting is I was able to do so many different things on that film. It really prepped me for working on films, you know, for for a living. Yeah. Yeah. More than anything. Yeah. Because I now, it. now I didn't just have to show up as a sound guy. That all I know how to do is sound. Mm-hmm. Now I get how all the other positions work, and when not to get in these people's way, and when not to cause a shadow here and how to treat actors yeah. and get them to provide a good performance back. Yeah. Incredible learning experience. And it was, wow. it was perfect timing because we started filming and Buddy was on unemployment. So when we started filming, it was great and it was going to work out perfectly. Well, then Buddy got a, a job. He had to go back to work. And I had been working a full-time job the entire time. Yeah. And then after our summer happened and we had to keep shooting, we were shooting on the weekends at night. So one day I left my work during lunch and I met Dave and two actors in some ditch. And we filmed in this ditch that looked cool. We made and a full, a full a three, full four minute scene with two actors, me and Brooke. I did wow. sound. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Second AC. Second AC. I'm working a camera and like, so it, it was like, it would have been perfect if we shot Freddy's movie and we had the right money to do it then. Yeah. But it turned into this huge experience for everybody because now I know how to record a little sound in. <laughs> yeah. Miguel, have you ever done a 5.1 sound mix since then? Uh, no, I haven't. So what, what goes into that, out of curiosity? Because that, that's way over my head. A lot of swearing. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, like a typical mix for, you know, like TV. I mean, some, I guess there's some 5.1 most of the commercials numbers. now, yeah. Um, but I mean, for the most part, the things you hear are like stereo, you know, left and right channel. Um, in a 5.1 mix, you have to deal with all, every single speaker. Right, all the The middle speaker, the front two speakers on the side, left and right, and then the back, left and right, plus uh-huh. the sub. 
Yeah. So you're you now have instead of just left and right two tracks to deal with, you now have really six tracks to deal with. Wow. Um, and which speakers get placed where? What sound comes out of which speaker? Exactly. So like all the dialogue has to come out of you know the center speaker. Mm-hmm. All the sound effects come out of the other ones, and, and then, then a little bit out of the center speaker. It's, it's, wow. It's, it's a, lot, a, it's a lot of a mix. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And then too, like if you wanted to come, like if somebody's running around, you right? Exactly. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. pan it through. Exactly. Okay. Or if it like pans like toward, or if somebody running towards you and runs past the camera, you know you want to get that effect too. And you gotta understand. Yeah. You did it for free. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Or, or free. Pretty hard really? So when I say we shot that month, we shot that month for free. Or they shot for free. Yeah. Then they shot the next year of their lives on the weekends, in between phone luck shows, in between time with their we girlfriends. So wow. We're shooting for free. And they know, like, hey, we're going to do a pickup shot this day. That doesn't mean we're going to be there for an hour. That means we're going to be setting up for two hours. Yeah. We're be shooting for six and a half hours, tearing down for another hour for nothing. If anything, you're losing money. Yeah. So you probably pick up jobs. You're gonna lose gas money. You're gonna. Yeah. And it was just all in this idea that we're gonna make this movie. You know, for it, so we're gonna make this movie, and then it's like well, we gotta finish the movie. We don't want to be those guys. I mean, so we yeah. finish the movie, and then it doesn't turn out the way we want. We had to and change it. At least everybody was was on the same page. That mm-hmm. cool. We did it. We all know that we don't really want to push this out there. Yeah. You know, if it wasn't. We could do better. And that's a bummer too because I still get I, I really do still get letters uh, still get emails Facebook messages Facebook messages from people that not have only been in it but like they were an extra in it or their systems mm-hmm. or whatever or they heard and they want to know hey where do I buy the powder kids yeah. and I don't know I really don't know honestly what to say I mean the honest answer is we're not releasing that because yeah. um, we've done other work and we don't feel you know that's a true representation of what we can do unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, maybe one day if we're huge filmmakers because we never <laughs> we're like, yeah, we get thrown out there. Then they can see why. Then they can see why we never did. Um, but we can't do it now. That one we're still, you know, in the mix trying to make it. So yeah, that makes sense. So Miguel, what else aside from the five point one do you think you picked up from the whole learning experience? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I mean, I definitely learned that filming is definitely just mostly a lot of hurry up and wait kind of stuff, you know, you're just kind of filling time until the scene's ready. Well, I guess it depends on what you're doing, if you're gapping, you know. Are they, are they the one waiting or are you the one working? Exactly, yeah, yeah. It's, and it's a lot of kind of trading off. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's about it. I, you know, learned how to run a, a field mixer. That's about it, I mean. Learned how to work on machine and cinema deadlines. We always seem to give Miguel ridiculous deadlines <laughs> on when his sound edits need to be done. I yeah. think the 5.1 mix, we told him, well, we have to have it by next week. You have oh to finish. And then with the pros and power, we're having extremely, we well, we need to do this. Can you have it tomorrow? And he uh-huh. had to do extra, he had to get people to come to his house and do voiceover stuff. And oh, wow. Wait for, yeah, for, for, for Rosa Coward, yeah. I had to go do Elizabeth's voice. That's right, yeah, we had to, uh, we were filming on a bus. We had to replace like some. Was there any money in that? Did you get paid for that? Yeah, yeah, you get some cash for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I say it like that because I mean, we worked together for a while now, and I, I, we didn't. Nobody got paid on the first thing, so yeah. coming to a Rosa Coward. So Rosa Coward was the next film we did, uh, and we got this. This uh, we got this guy Anthony Guajardo, who I don't remember how we got him or we where we found him. I think he came up from Dave. Uh, how did we get him in? Um, I'd seen him in a forty-eight-hour project. Oh, nice. Think, uh, Rob Hardy. Yeah. 
and then he came to our music video, the Phonolux music video. That's right. He was that boy she escaped. He was there as an oh, extra. Yeah. So he saw our production company do it. I don't remember it from that, but Machina Cinema essentially, essentially Phonolux shot that music video. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we we decided we're gonna do this short called Rosie Howard. I don't know who decides these things, Gavin. And we we <laughs> we say we're gonna do it. Okay. It was the first time we said, well, let's be smart and let's get some money first, mm. wherever we can. Yeah. So I don't remember where we got money from. Uh, Indiegogo, we got a little bit of money from there. We got some money from our, our friend who still helps us out. And Petrie gave us some money and some stuff. And Chris Petrie. And some some, some um, items that we needed, a trailer and whatnot. Mm, yeah. So we got Anthony, got him on board, talked to his people, his agent manager, whatever. You know, got, got him his feet what he needed. Uh, they suggested another girl that was in a, a Walking Dead, who had a small role in Walking Dead, named Viviana Chavez. Uh, we got her. We actually flew her down from Georgia so oh, wow. she could be in it. Um, she was a very nice girl. She did a really good job. Um, and and we did the coward, and the coward was a, uh, I mean it was it was night and day to anything I had ever done. Uh, Miguel by that time, I think Miguel and Dave had already worked on some other bigger projects. So they and, and that. Obviously, any experience any of us get helps helps oh, us yeah. as a team when we get together as a team because you know you say how oh, I worked on this I know you know we shouldn't do that I got this cool idea from here whatever they've got much more experience than I do mm-hmm. uh, I just happened to work on a big feature film with Dave uh, and that helped me a lot um, but, you know I'm jumping again so we did a Rose of Coward we got in there and this was the first time some people were getting paid uh, the first time even though it wasn't much. Uh, also, the first time that uh, we were getting a little more than, I think a little more than Pete's on set. I think we had a little more than just Pete's on set. I think we had a little bit of variety. Yeah. And uh, we were working with some real actors. We had a lot of really cool crew members that came out and volunteered. We had, and another big thing is we had people dedicated to certain positions on set. Yeah, we That's didn't right. have. It wasn't a shared It was a shared load. Well, like crews. you didn't like today since you showed up. Yeah. So we had, gotcha. you know, Dedicated people to do that job. So Dave did, you know, Dave was our AD, Miguel was our sound, and we had Darren coming in to shoot, and then the nations came in. We had, we had a gaffer. We had a gaffer. And again, I think uh, uh, the money, I mean, the little bit of money we had went primarily towards this food and getting the actors in and whatnot. And there was a lot of people uh, that volunteered their time, their mm-hmm. materials, their, you know, everything, their energy yeah. to work on the film. Um, because they like the idea of the movie. Anybody that worked on it, most of the people that worked on it, in a big capacity, I sat down with them in this living room and sold them on the idea of the movie. Yeah. I said, this is the movie. You're going to be a part. You tell me if you want to be a part. Right. And they liked it so much, they said, yeah, I'll give up some weekends and I'll help you all out. And that's really cool. And then I just try to be honest with them, telling them I don't have any money. I'm just trying to make this movie. You want to help me yeah. out or not? You know, it's no big deal. I understand if you can't do it. And we've been lucky enough to where we get these really talented film individuals mm. who we've befriended, and they're able to come out if, if they're able to, and help us out. That's really cool. I mean, what more could you ask for? What, yeah. and what we're trying not to do, obviously, pass a rose coward, is you don't ever want to take advantage of that. Right. It's real easy to say, oh, you helped me out my last movie for nothing. You helped me out my next movie. It doesn't. It doesn't yeah. work that way. And it's especially doesn't work that way for the people in this room. Uh, because I consider Dave and Miguel to be film professionals, and they worked on some serious stuff. Even though we're friends and we're in the band and everything, you know, this is what they do for their livelihood. Yeah. Yeah. This is what they do for their livelihood. I can't ask them to work for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? They'd be putting them out, like, 
number one, they wouldn't say yes. Number two, even if they did, they'd be screwing them over. Yeah. yeah so, uh, so, uh, it's cool as long as you don't, um, it's cool as long as you don't take advantage of that situation. Right. So, uh, I've tried my best not to. I really have. And, um, yeah, that's it. That's, that's what it's so that, yeah, the coward, we submitted into a whole bunch of, uh, festivals. We got rejected by a whole bunch of festivals. Uh, and I don't think it's, uh, for anything except I think the movie's a smidgen too long. It, when we first cut it together, it was 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. It was 43 minutes, and then we cut it down to 30 minutes, then we cut it down to, like, 15 minutes. Uh, 23 minutes, then we cut it down to 15 minutes, and right now it's at... It's nine minutes. We have a nine-minute version. A nine-minute version. A thirty-minute version. The thirty-minute version is the one that we've been submitting because it's the best version. And we did submit the nine-minute version to a couple places, but it becomes redundant. Like as far as the best substance, the best substance is a thirty minutes. Mm -hmm. As far as the best chances of getting into a festival, that's a nine-minute. So even if the nine-minute gets in, it feels so silly. Mm -hmm. We see it there, and we're like, it's an entirely different movie. Yeah, yeah, we even called it a different movie. Uh, the 30-minute version is a Rosa Coward. The nine-minute version is just called Andrew. Because we cut out some <laughs> huge pieces of the film. And actors. And actors. And actors. That don't <laughs> make sense in a nine-minute version. Yeah. So, yeah. But the 30-minute version was submitted to the Austin Film Festival. And we, at the first time we've gotten a nice handwritten rejection letter. Oh, it's a step up. They said, uh, we really enjoyed your film. You created this fantastic world. We just wow. ran out of time. Oh, Which is wow. essentially them telling me, hey, it was too long. So, gotcha. and that was one of the things we went into the film knowing was that we wanted to make it short. But it was just kind of a longer story to tell than we couldn't make it, tell the story the right way in well, anything under 30 minutes. We didn't mess up in that respect, though, because the script was, the script was 30 pages or 27 pages. No, well, we knew beforehand that we wanted it to be short, and then it ended up being, a, it was going to be 30 minutes. And we, so it's not like we wrote a 10 minute, 10 Page script and then bloom. Right, it's about a minute per we page. We knew what we were doing. We knew that we were doing that, but knowing that now and knowing like the the politics that go into film festivals now, mm. more so, I'll know now forever if I'm ever planning to get a film into a film festival, especially a short, has to be under ten minutes. Gotcha. Or else don't get upset when you don't get it because you might have a great film. Right. But you're going up against. I mean, film festivals aren't what they were originally created and intended for. Film festival movies now have you know Brad Pitt in them and Natalie Portman in them. Yeah. So they they have to make room for you or them. You know what I mean? And yeah. They also want to make room for a lot of films. They want to show short, so they can show three ten minute shorts in place of ours. No. Unless ours is something amazing, why would they do that? They wouldn't. They're not going to. Well, would that be the challenge to make something amazing that would? Well, actually, before you said Indiegogo, I was going to ask if you guys had considered crowdfunding through either Indiegogo or Kickstarter. Yeah, How did it turn out using Indiegogo? Was it? It was. Was it viable? It was okay, and we got a pretty good amount of money. We got a little bit of money, and then we got if you get so much, they take a certain percentage off, or blah blah blah. So we got somebody that said, oh, okay. "Well, you fund it, but." Don't put it in the Indiegogo so they won't take a percentage of it. Yeah. So I said, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so we go that route. But it's cool. But now, the more I look at Indiegogo and Kickstarter, big people use it. Like, mm-hmm. who's that? Zach Zach Raff. Zach Raff. Yeah. He used it for his movie and he raised millions. Yeah. So now, again, it's been taken over by celebrities and 
There's so the many new Veronica Mars. Veronica Mars is the first big thing. Yeah. Like, that's what I was saying the other night. So that got the huge re- whatever yeah. reaction. And it's just like filmmaking and music in general where it's uh, oversaturated now. Mm. And there's so many people doing it that it's hard to get anybody to look at you. It was cool. Yeah. It was the first time we ever had a, a trailer for a movie before we shot oh, it. Nice. We wouldn't shot the trailer. Yeah, we wouldn't shot it. Everybody Saturday. gave up a Saturday and a Sunday, a weekend with us. And they mm. went and shot this really cool trailer. Yeah. Really cool. And that was the first chance they had to work with. A lot of them had to work with us. And they were like, okay, cool. We we'll, can't wait till the movie starts. So. Yeah. So, aside from short film and, and some longer features, what other stuff have you guys gotten together through Machina Cinema? Have you done, I know earlier we were mentioning something as part of a music few, video. Yeah, we've done quite a few music videos, actually. We've done a we, did a, we did an unreleased Alyssa Brown music video. We did an unreleased Wilma Coleman music video. We did a... a, a Morlux music video called The Boys She Escapes. We did. A great like, video for Jay Goods. Jay we did Goods. Jay Goods music video. Um, Erica Gonzalo. Erica Gonzalo music video. We shot some weddings. Uh, <laughs> uh, I can't think of what I was going to say about this stuff. We've done some commercial stuff. Yeah. Oh, well, we did. Yeah, uh, Machine Cinema co produced a uh, film that is my first uh, directorial attempt. Debut. Oh, I was, I was Attempt. <laughs> All right. Debut. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Dave, Dave, I mean, took the helm at a project, uh, I mean, his own project. Yeah. And she was here to assist, and we were all on that. We were all on that project. Um, yeah. So it sounds like you guys are just always wanting to stay going. Yeah. To keep the to keep the juices flowing, to keep going from, yeah, okay, we're finished with this project, we've learned, we're moving on, we'll be doing this next project. Yeah, Miguel's going to do a project next, aren't you? No, I was like, you're gonna do your own project. He was like, okay, I guess so. Yeah, that I mean, the age project was the last project Machina Cinema really worked on. Um, Machina Cinema now is producing alongside with the filmmakers, the nations, the nations group, the nations. Um, after after we worked on, uh, Dave and I worked on their last feature film called Champion. And um, they they helped us. They worked on Rosa Coward for nothing. Oh, wow. Um, So then we worked on Champion. We got paid. They had a bunch of them. And then since we've, you know, formed the the friendship with them, um, Machina Cinema then formed, or our groups got together, and we're producing the next couple of films together, which would be our next film is a a film, a sci-fi film called Stage 5. And they have several films in the works. Oh, wow. uh, Several, like, uh, family-friendly films that they're working on that we're going to help. That they'll direct, will produce, and then our films, you know, I'll direct, will produce. Yeah. So that's cool, and it, it's cool because it's just another level of professionalism working with them. They've been in the business for a while. They bring their own, a whole bunch of contacts I've never known before. And now they that have I know, two films, or soon to have two films soon in have distribution. Two films in serious distribution, oh, wow. foreign and domestic. And, you know, they work, they work with casting directors. They work with real budgets. Real budget to me. They're still small indie budgets, but we're talking... 150 grand to 300 grand and stuff. I'm talking, you know, our last film was a coward was $10,000. So when they talk about a budget like that, it, it puts things in perspective. And and that's how you are able to pay a sound recordist every day mm-hmm. to get paid, plus to do the Foley work, plus to do the mix work, plus the, and that's why the budget's balloon like that. Wow, yeah. So, uh, but it's cool. It's cool because we're stepping it up and we're getting more professional and whatnot. 
learning yeah. still every of step course, of the way. I don't think we ever. I, I don't think we'll ever stop because hopefully every film is going to have its own obstacles that it comes with. Um, even working on the Juliana incident, Dave's film, uh, I had never shot something completely overnight. Me personally, I don't remember it that I have. And that was the first overnight shoot that I did for the film. And yeah. even though I wasn't doing much, I was just producing. You know, I'm just helping produce, do whatever I can. Uh, and Dave and them were working. You know. Yeah, they just kept going over here. Yeah, by yeah. the way. <laughs> well, I says, what? He's probably chuckling because. I'm guessing it's for the Perla producers. For Perla, like, uh, I, was, I was chuckling at uh, the state of mind you were in at 5 a.m. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because yeah. Miguel's out there working. You know, they're working. They're sweating and working. And yeah. Dave's, it's his whole project. So if it's crap, it's Dave. If it's great, it's Dave. So I know that feeling. And I'm producing, which is, I don't know. I mean, I'm, you wait around until, until an issue comes up. Yeah. Like, hey, I don't know. It looks good. Who's hungry? <laughs> I'm not saying that's what producers do because the person on set probably works on set but they and, and it's mainly because every situation we've had with Perla producing uh, and, and besides Rosa Coward we have not had enough crew so for this mm. uh, Rosa Coward we finally did she had a lot of pressure left off her well Dave on Dave's short film it was a small short film they had a whole bunch of pro crew there oh, wow. so there is not a lot for me to do you need help with lights oh you have your professional lights Professional sound guy. I'm just here to help. Man, yeah. I can't even help. So, uh, but it was my first overnight shoot, and uh, it was a lot, man. It took it took a lot out of me, like just to, sh- to shoot all that. Like I had never done that before. Yeah. Even though I was just hanging out, you know, it's just you know you're there all night. We we got here like at seven in the morning, at uh, seven at night, and then we stopped filming like at seven in the morning. Wow. And like, that was the first time I'd ever done that. So two nights in a row. Two nights in a row. So now I know for sure I never want to do. So it's almost like it was a 48 hour film festival. <laughs> yes, Bless you. Pretty much. Yes. Wow. So, uh. It's a brutal. Well, you gotta prep yourself for it. Like, yeah. a few days out, like, I'll sleep deprived of myself so that it kind of, like, reverses my circadian rhythm and then I'll just, you know. Oh, wow. It's fine. Yeah, I talk shit like I'm gonna do that, but I didn't He couldn't. He tried yeah. to sleep all day. I said, like, I'm gonna stay day up all night. So, what ended up happening? I stayed up all night one night. Stayed up all day, shot with Dave all night. I was all sick. <laughs> <laughs> it does stuff to your body, man. Yeah, it does, man. It does. Um, so that's it. Dave's project was the last project we did. Hopefully, uh, we have some projects in the pipeline with the nations that might pop up very soon. Um, uh, if I had to, to, to be totally honest, I think the next thing we're going to do, uh, the, the, the nations feature film could still be coming up with Machina Cinema, but I think the next thing we're going to do, we were just talking about it today, what is a... Uh, Funnel Watch music video. Yeah. I think that's the next little project we're going to work with. For, for December. For, for new material or for material off of Feather Fortress? It's for material off of Feather Fortress, but with our new, with our new bass player. Nice. Um, uh, obviously. Um, and uh, I think that's the next thing we're going to do. And our last video we did was a little more grungy, quick, you know, that kind of feel. Mm-hmm. Or it was very <laughs> simple. A few hours. Very yeah, literally simple. Literally not a few hours. Yeah, a few hours, you know, nothing. This video is going to be a lot bigger, uh, more more towards the way of the voice she escapes, but hopefully not that big. Yeah. Um, but more um, cinematic in nature. <laughs> we'll have a lot more, uh, uh, you know, stage shots, and uh, it'll feel more like a traditional music video than the hurricane video. But I, more I, of a narrative, less of a more narrative. Yeah. Performance. Okay. But I really like. Oh, I love yeah. Well, like I said, I told you guys when we did the uh, the funnel lux episode was that was what drew me what drew me to you guys was that video specifically. Um, 
very interesting. I'm excited to see what's going on next. So if anybody wants to see what you haven't released, is there a specific website to go to? You guys got links there or anything? Yeah, or? from Machina Cinema, you just go to machinacinema.com. There's a reel on there, right? There's a reel on there. It's a new it's a new website now, if you haven't checked it out. Machinacinema.com. Um, you can go to uh, Facebook.com slash Machina Cinema. Uh, and uh, besides that, you can just, you know, if you just feel it in your heart, it will come to you. <laughs> You'll see all our hard work. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you can check us out on there. We have stuff on uh, YouTube as well under the channel Machine Cinema. So. Yeah, I think I follow you guys there as well. Um, there was one more thing that I was going to touch on that is completely escaping at this point, but actually, kind of going backwards and backwards a little bit. What give, if you can give me a brief synopsis of each of the projects that you've worked on that is something that you have released or intend on releasing? Uh, Story-wise. As, as Machina Cinema or just totally? Uh, as Machina Cinema. We'll, we'll, we'll stick with that. Uh, you just want to know what each one's about? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That way people can kind of get the idea before they see it. Kind of like a podcast teaser trailer for cool. for hitting the website. Uh, Wonderless is the first thing we did. It's about a um, high school dropout who becomes a prostitute who finds out that uh, her mother is dying uh, cancer I think and she uh, she had ran away from home becoming a prostitute finds out her mother's died of cancer and she goes back home to visit mm-hmm. her mom Jacob's about this um, kid who uh, his car keeps getting broken into and uh, he freaks out and kind of stakes out his own house to try to uh, try you know catch the robbers yeah. and, and uh, he ends up catching he ends up not not catching them I don't think he doesn't catch him, and it ends up being his friends that he runs into, uh, and um, I don't really remember. It's not the movie at all. <laughs> <laughs> the movie's about the guy gets his car broken. It's the seventies part too. Yeah, well, what was that? Was nothing. Because his girl's not okay with it, and she's freaking out. He tries to calm her down, and he, he kind of overpowers her point of view and says, "No, I'm in the right here." Yeah. It's kind of Buddy's life story. Yes, yeah, that's thrown in there. Uh, just check it out. It's really awesome. Check out the <laughs> he basically he comes up with an what? elaborate plan to get these guys to break into his car and it backfires on them. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a lot longer. Than yes. This was a. We need you. Hire you. Ten years ago, I don't even remember what it was about. Uh, I mean, basically. Uh, the Powder Kids about a, a a kid who went to school uh, in high school with some. Um, he grew up with his regular uh, friends in the neighborhood. He leaves the college. He isn't doing that well in college. He needs to write this paper so he can keep his grade up and keep his scholarship. He comes home, and the friends that he grew up in high school are now kind of gangbanger, drug dealer type friends. And uh, so he decides to kind of follow them around and chronicle some of the things that go on with them. While he's there following them around, some of his friends from college also came back. They get involved, uh, two of the females get involved with, uh, one of the females get involved with the group there. Uh, romantically involved, mm. and that just starts a whole bunch of you know, I mean, a, whole, a whole bunch of drama. Two worlds colliding, kind of thing. Exactly. Wow. So um, you know that that all happens, and it reaches a climax at the end where one of the friends betrays another friend, and you know he has to figure out what side he's going to stand on. And yeah. That kind of stuff. Uh, and a Rose the Coward is about uh, it's a it's a horror film, and it's about a kid who is raised by his grandmother, and. Um, he lives in a, he, his parents are around, he's raised by his grandmother, he's an oddball kid. 
he doesn't really have any friends, doesn't have a girlfriend, no job, anything like that. Because? Uh, because of his grandma. Yeah. Yeah, because of his grandma. She's not like a nice little granny that bakes cookies. She's, she's, like, like, she's like a demented twisted. What do they call her? They call her? Oh, wow. Bible thumper. She's the Bible thumper. Bible thumper. Oh, okay. Who hates him, essentially. Yeah, oh, wow. so she resents him because he's a stepchild to hit her daughter, who is no longer around. Oh, okay. so, uh, so it's not even they're not even really related yeah she's bringing them up because you know whatever the parents run around wow so uh, she doesn't like him she resents him and um, you know he's having a horrible he's, he's had a pretty rough childhood with her and he's had an even rougher time now and uh, you should I don't want to say anymore because the movie's <laughs> yeah. doing its thing but you should check out the, the trailer yeah and hopefully check out the film machinacinema.com Yes, that sounds awesome. Well, thanks for for the synopsis. I really appreciate that specifically. I know we wanted to kind of cover that. Um, any other links related to Machina Cinema that you guys want to toss out, or or y'all's personal, either Twitters, Facebooks, so that way people can keep up with Funnelux and Machina. Yeah, uh, funneluxmusic.com. If you're interested in uh, any of the audio production stuff that Machina Cinema does, my audio website is Phonographic Productions. Uh, dot com. And mine is toastworks.com. That's Dave, by the way. Um, yeah, because that thing isn't rolling anymore, right? No, okay. No, yeah. Um, <coughs> good, because I've been picking my nose this whole time. And I, I don't want people to see that. Um, yeah, I mean, what else? It was disgusting. Was I saw the whole thing. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then just uh, machinacinema.com. Yeah. It's a very uh, new, updated website. It's an updated website. website. So new that Dave, Dave hadn't seen it yet. Yeah, I had to look it up myself. I got to look it up too. All right, well, thanks, guys. Thank you. Really appreciate the interview. Can't wait to see what you got going. Rock and roll. Take care, guys.
still